0: Imagine a business built on what matters most to you, one inspired by creativity and connection, where purpose leads to profit and wealth is measured not just by your bottom line, but by your higher self. Welcome to the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast, where we connect the spiritual with the practical to create a holistic approach to entrepreneurship. Leave the hustle behind and let your intuition lead the way as you grow a successful, fulfilling business and a joyful, radiant life. Hello, my wise ones, and welcome back to the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast. I'm Lee Shea McDonough, and I'm very excited that you are joining me for today's episode. We are about to dive right into a topic that I think is critically important, really for all entrepreneurs, but certainly for those of us who describe ourselves as holistic or spiritually minded entrepreneurs. Because today we are talking all about intuitive decision making. We're going to talk all about what it means to bring your intuition, that deep inner wisdom into your decision-making process. So in order to do that, we need to take a really good look at how we are currently making decisions in our business and our life. And I want to explore what it means to take an intuitive approach to decision-making. So I will give you some examples from my own career, and then we're going to go right into what you need to know in order to allow your intuition to inform the actions you take in your business and life. So you'll leave today with a clear understanding of what it looks like to practice intuitive decision-making and exactly how to do it. So as I started to prepare for today's episode, I asked myself, all right, so if we have intuitive decision-making, then there must be another way of approaching decision-making, right? If we're not practicing an intuitive decision-making process, then what are we doing? And initially my thought was, well, then we're probably making decisions out of fear. And so as I began to structure this episode and create an outline for it, I initially intended to talk about fear-based decision-making and intuitive-based decision-making. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that I think that might be a false dichotomy. And really, instead of it being either or, so either we're basing our decisions in fear or we're basing our decisions in our intuition, it probably looks more like a spectrum with 100% fear based on one side, and 100% intuition based on the other. And we probably fall somewhere on that spectrum at any given time. And I'm willing to bet we move on that spectrum based on the kinds of decisions we're making in our business. So what I want to do today is share some examples of decisions I've made that have not been solely fear-based or intuition-based, but actually a little bit of both. So then I started thinking about this and I realized that I did not have to look very far for examples of that in my business and in my life. And in fact, I really just had to look at the very beginning of my business as an example of decision-making that had elements of both fear and intuition in it. So in June of 2016, I started Caravel Coaching, and this was after over a decade of working as a psychotherapist and a social worker. And I really loved being a mental health therapist. And what I loved most about it was being able to serve my clients in a powerful way, In a way that allowed me to help them work through their past pain and trauma and to create positive change in their lives. So in 2015, my husband got out of the Air Force and we moved back to the United States after four fabulous years in Germany. And I took some time off to help our family transition because we were moving from Europe back to the States. My husband was going from military life to civilian life. He was purchasing a dental practice. Like we had a lot of change that we were facing. And so I decided not to go back to work initially and to make my full time job helping my family work through that transition. It was at the end of that period. It was about nine months in that I realized I really missed having a professional identity. I missed helping other people. And yet when I thought about returning to work, I knew that mental health was not the direction I wanted to go in. I was no longer feeling called to serve people in that way. And yet deep in my soul, I knew. I was on this earth to help other people create the lives that they wanted. And I had spent over 10 years doing that as a therapist. And so I was feeling really confused about where to go from there. So before I continue, let me just point out that I believe this is an example of my intuition at play. My inner wisdom was very clear that I was meant to continue serving other people, but I was not meant to do it as a therapist any longer. And I will be totally honest with you. This was terrifying. It was confusing and it was terrifying. Because for over a decade, I had defined myself as a social worker and a therapist. So if I was moving away from therapy, if I wasn't a therapist, if I wasn't a social worker, what was I? Who was I? So that was a really scary place for me to be in. Very uncertain. And I'll never forget the day I was driving home from a continuing education seminar because I still had my license. I still needed uh, my my continuing education credits. So I'm driving home from the And thinking about, what do I want to do? Where do I want to go from here? What do I want to do with my life? And out of the blue, the word coaching popped into my mind. And it was so startling, like I seriously almost drove off the road, because it was almost like another voice was coming in and saying just that one word, coaching. And it was this flash of inspiration that came from the universe. And initially, I was really confused because I was not that familiar with coaching. I didn't really know what it was. I wasn't super familiar with it. What I did know about it was not particularly positive. And so I was really confused. And yet I also knew I had just received this very clear sign that I needed to explore coaching. So yet again, there you go. That's my intuition talking, right? So once I got home, safely off the road, I started doing some research about what coaching was and the opportunities there were. And that's when I realized, okay, okay, here it is. Here's how I can show up and continue to serve people and help them create the lives they want. And I can do it in a way that honors their strengths, that removes the client and myself from the shackles of the traditional medical model. And that together we could really partner and co-create extraordinary growth in their lives. And so that's when I started my coaching career. I enrolled in a coach training program, and I started Caravel Coaching. And when I actually started Caravel, I had the sense that this was something I really needed to make work. After all, I was completely pivoting in my career. I was moving away from everything I had known in mental health. I was spending energy, time, money on creating this new business, and I had the sense that I had to make it work. So you can probably already sense that I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself at this point, and I am approaching this from a very stressful position. You know, you have to make this work. Wow, that is an extraordinary amount of pressure. And so what do I do when I'm under stress? Then I got to figure it out. And so I research. I went straight to Google and I started researching about successful coaching practices and what they looked like. I spoke with members of my coach training program cohort. I spoke with faculty. I connected with a colleague of my father's who was also coaching. And what was so interesting was that everything I was seeing with these blinders on of having to make it work was corporate coaching. Corporate coaching is a successful way to be a coach. You can work with corporations. You can work with executives. They believe in coaching. They've been doing it for decades. They pay well for it. And I had created this story in my mind that if I wanted to be a successful coach, then corporate coaching was the way to go. And so I realized based on all of this data that I was pulling in through these blinders of make it work, make it work, that if I was going to be a successful coach and have a successful, profitable business, that I needed to be a corporate coach. Now, I am going to be totally honest with you. I had very little corporate experience. I mean, I had worked for the military and in some ways the military is a corporation. I had also worked for some banks uh, during summer jobs when I was in college, but really I did not have a whole lot of experience in corporate or executive coaching, nor was that really what I wanted to do deep down. Yet I was so overwhelmed by the sense that if I was going to be a coach, that I had to make it work, then corporate coaching was the way to go. So when I created Caravelle Coaching, and I did all the branding and that first initial logo and all of my messaging and my website, it was so corporate. It was like uber corporate. Um, I will try to dig up that first logo, because it is absolutely something that you could expect to see on like the side of a building or on a bank or, or like a stadium, you know, sponsored by Caravelle Coaching. I mean, it was that corporate. And my messaging was too, I was using all of these words that really didn't align with my approach or with my belief system. But again, I had internalized this message that this was what it was going to take to be successful. So I probably don't have to tell you that like spoiler alert, it wasn't successful at all. I spent over a year in my business trying to make it work. And all it did was get me further and further away from myself. And so yes, I did have some clients that first year. I certainly learned a lot about how to start and run a business and move forward. So there was a lot of growth. There was a lot of learning that first year. But at the end of that year, I couldn't help but feel like I was further and further away from where I wanted to be. Yes, I had graduated my coach training program. I received my credential through the International Coach Federation. On paper, it looked like I knew what I was doing. But deep down, I knew that the work I was doing and the way I was presenting myself to the world was so misaligned because I had moved further and further down the spectrum towards fear. So many of the decisions I was making in my business were rooted in fear. And I was putting myself under such intense pressure to make it work, that every single decision I made felt like life or death. I was spending way more money than I needed to on courses, on programs, on books, on guides that promised to show me exactly the right way to build a profitable business. And You know, I don't want to suggest that there is anything wrong with the material I purchased. And in fact, I am a huge advocate of training. I think we should always be learning and growing in our businesses. So it's not that buying courses and programs is a wrong decision. But the problem for me was that it wasn't coming from a place of growth and expansion. I wasn't buying them because I wanted to learn and grow and build my business. I I was buying them because I was scared to death that if I didn't, I was going to fail. And so my motivation for investing in all of these courses and programs was really rooted in fear. So again, it's probably not surprising then that they didn't work for me. And I'll be honest with you, some of them I didn't even finish. And the ones I did finish left me wondering like, what, is this all there is? This this is it? I mean, they, they left me feeling so unsatisfied that then I started thinking, wow, I really am a failure if I can't make this work. So after that first year, I had a long, hard talk with myself and it required me to really examine the decisions I had been making in my business up to this point. And that's when I realized that so many of the choices I had made were rooted in fear. They were rooted in fear of failure. They were rooted in fear of rejection. What would people think of me moving from therapy into coaching? Why can't I get clients? Why isn't this working? It was just so much fear. And when you approach anything in your life, whether it's your business, your relationships, your health, whatever it is, when you approach it from that level of fear, then there is very little chance that you are going to see the sustainable growth that you want. Because the energy that comes with fear is so constricting. It's like we're putting a vice grip around our soul and we squeeze tighter and tighter and tighter. And at some point, something's going to give. And that's what happened to me in the summer of 2017, having spent a year building this business that really did not look or sound like me at all. That's when I stopped and said, Lee, we've got to start back at square one. We need to go back to the beginning. And so that's what I did. I threw out my logo. I threw out my branding. I pretty much deleted my website and I decided that we were going to start over. And this time we were going to start from a place that felt like me. And so I went through a branding program. I created my own logo. I chose my own color schemes. Like I really wanted to do it all myself because I wanted to make sure this time around I was showing up authentically and that what you saw in my branding, what you saw on my website was honestly and truly a reflection of me. And so this was my way of moving back towards the intuition side of the spectrum. It was acknowledging the fear, recognizing how it had shaped my decision making process and then making the conscious decision that I did not want to operate from that place anymore, even if it meant risking failure, even if it meant risking ridicule or having people wonder what the hell I was doing. It didn't matter because I had spent a whole year living out of alignment and it did not feel good. And I did not want to do that again. So that's basically the origin story of Caravel coaching. I started my coaching practice because intuitively I knew in my soul that I was here on this earth to serve others and to help them create successful businesses and fulfilling lives. That was never a question. But the way I went about building my business that first year was about as far away from intuition as you can get. And you know, I don't believe in mistakes. I really don't. And so I can't say that I made any mistakes that first year, because now I can look back and say, okay, yeah, no wonder you did that. It makes so much sense that you did that. And those are the lessons that I now take with me and they inform my practice with my clients because I see many of my clients making those same decisions that are also rooted in fear and feeling like they have to make it work. And I know how isolating that can feel. It's a very lonely place to be when you're making decisions rooted in fear. And so to know that you're not the only one, that other people have done it before and that you can come back from it, you can start over, you can rebrand. You can make some tweaks to bring your business back into alignment with who you are. It's absolutely possible. And I'm willing to bet that there's someone out there listening to this who needed to hear that today. So you are not alone. Now, at the time, I didn't realize that this is what was happening. But now looking back, I can see that when I stopped and took stock of what was going on, I was practicing what I think is a key concept for spiritual entrepreneurs, and that is discernment. I was able to discern whether my decisions were rooted in fear or rooted in my wisdom. And I was able to figure out where on the spectrum I was, because I'll be honest with you, like not every decision I made in that first year of business was necessarily a wrong one or a bad one. Some of them were in keeping with who I am and what's important to me. So I had to go through and discern what felt like me and what didn't, what was rooted in love and what was rooted in fear. So discernment is helpful, both when we're trying to figure out what actions to take in our business, but it also helps us figure out how to move forward when we hear a no, a solid like, no, do not do this, stop right now, because that happens a lot for my clients. And it happens for me as well, where I will be just about to take action in my business and something is holding me back. Maybe I'm procrastinating. Maybe I'm false starting. Maybe I simply get a sense that this is not the right time to move forward but it can be really confusing when you're about to take action and then all of a sudden you just can't do it. And so a lot of times my clients will ask, "What's going on here? How do I break through this?" And and even more importantly, "How do I know if this is my intuition talking or if this is fear talking?" And so discernment can help us navigate that tricky territory when we're not moving forward in our business, and it can help us figure out what the intention is behind it. Is this a fear-based no or is this an intuition-based no? So let's talk about how you can cultivate the power of discernment in your business and your life. And it starts first with being fully aware of how the spectrum shows up in your body. So how fear shows up physically for you and how intuition shows up. And I will use myself as an example. When I am making decisions from a basis of fear, it feels very different in my body than when I'm making decisions that are rooted in my inner wisdom. When I'm coming from a place of fear, I generally feel anxious and uncertain. There's a pressure. I feel rushed. There's a lot of tension behind it. So it feels very unsettling and very uncomfortable. And then I locate that feeling in my body. So that sense of tightness and uncertainty and tension, I tend to feel it in my upper chest and in my throat. So that entire area of my body just feels tight and tense. I can feel my heartbeat and my pulse quickening. I can feel my breath quickening, it feels very, very constrictive. And for those of you out there who are familiar with the chakras, this probably doesn't come as a surprise to you, right? Because the fourth chakra is the heart chakra. The fifth chakra is the throat chakra. So that's what's feeling constricted when I'm coming from a place of fear. And that makes sense. My heart is closing up. I'm not connecting with myself or with others and my throat, my voice is closing up. I'm literally losing my voice. It's not coming through when I am making decisions based in fear. Now, if that piece all about the chakras was new to you, don't worry. I am planning on having an episode in the future where we talk about the chakras and what they mean. So stay with me here. Just recognize that what I'm really talking about is the physical sensations that you're having in your body when you're operating from a place of fear. So now let's contrast that with when I'm operating from a place of connection with my deep internal wisdom, with my intuition. When I am making decisions from that place, there's no tension, there's no tightness, there's no constrictive energy. In fact, it's quite the opposite. I feel rooted, I feel grounded, and I feel calm. And when I hone in on where I feel that in my body, it's in my lower belly and it's in my solar plexus. So again, going back to the chakras, I feel it in my second and third chakras. The second chakra, the sacral chakra, that is where our creativity lies. And the third chakra, the solar plexus, that is the seat of our power. So I feel that connection between my creativity and my power when I am making decisions from an intuitive place. And from there, it expands throughout my body. So there is that sense of lightness and joy that comes forth when I know I am making decisions that are fully aligned with who I am and how I want to show up in the world. Now, here's the thing. There may still be a little bit of fear that shows up when you are making decisions that are aligned with your intuition. And that is totally understandable. And when we think about the purpose of fear... It makes sense because fear is there as a warning. It's meant to keep us safe so that the actions that we take support our existence. So anytime we do something that our mind views as threatening our way of life, fear is going to come up and try to stop us. And from an evolutionary perspective, this is a great thing. There is a reason our species has survived for as long as it has. And it's because we have developed this fear response that kept us safe and protected us. But the problem is that we have evolved and our society has evolved, but our response to fear has not necessarily evolved at the same rate. So our mind tends to view all threats, whether it's something minor or something grave through the same lens and our body responds accordingly. So when you are about to take a big, bold action in your business that is going to make you visible, that's going to put you out there, it could potentially make you more susceptible to what your mind views as a threat. What if people don't like it? What if people talk about you badly? All of these what-ifs are things that your mind is generating to try to rein you back in and keep you safe. Now, if those thoughts were coming up as you were facing down something really scary, say like a saber-toothed tiger, if those thoughts were saying, retreat, don't go there, step back, then the fear response would be doing its job because it is absolutely showing up at a time where you need to be safe. But when you're thinking about writing a book or starting a podcast or calling a potential client and connecting with them. Your body may respond in the same way as it would that saber-toothed tiger, because doing those things make you more visible, which means you're making yourself more vulnerable. And our mind does not like that one bit. And so it will call on fear to help rein us in and keep us safe and keep us small. So discernment helps us recognize when that happens, and then it grants us the power of choice we get to decide whether this is a time where we need to be safe or whether it's a time we need to play big. So again, I don't want this to seem like I'm demonizing fear. We have a fear response for a reason. It has served us well. And now we need to be aware of when our fear response becomes our default response and when it's keeping us small and keeping us from really tapping into our full potential and seeing the growth that's possible in our businesses and our lives. So simply being aware of how fear and intuition show up in your body is often the first clue as to whether your decision-making process is tending more towards the fear side of the spectrum or the intuition side of the spectrum. That's certainly not the only way to cultivate discernment and to bring a more intuitive approach to your decision-making process. Oftentimes, I will recommend that my clients have a conversation with their intuition. I do this too, and there are so many ways that you can do this. One is by journaling, by doing some free writing and allowing the pen to be the voice of your intuition. And so just writing, 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 and then see what comes out. Now, the trick with this is that if you are using writing to tap into your intuition, you cannot censor yourself. The minute we start censoring our writing, that's when fear comes in and is trying to shut us down. So as you are free writing, remember that sometimes we actually have to write through the fear first before our intuition comes out, which means it may take a few minutes. It may take a few tries before your intuition feels like, okay, I can show up here on the page. I can let you know exactly what it is I want you to know. So free writing is one way to do it. And sometimes I will have a more structured writing process as well. I might have a question and answer session with my intuition where I, as Lee, will write down a question and then I allow my intuition to respond. Sometimes I even use different color pens, one for my question, and then one for my intuition. And that is a visual cue for me that, okay, this is a different voice now that's coming through. I know some people who use their non-dominant hand to write in the voice of their intuition, and it feels like it connects to a different part of their brain. I know some people who don't use words at all. Maybe they use images, perhaps they draw, some will sing. It just goes to show that there are multiple ways that your intuition can come through. And so it's important that you figure out what will work best for you. And don't be afraid to ask your intuition a question and then wait for an answer. Now, the process I use every day to help me tap into and strengthen my intuition is meditation. I find meditation to be one of the most powerful practices for honing our intuitive skills, because it teaches us how to observe our thoughts from an objective place. And then we can choose whether we want to attach ourselves to the thought or whether we want to let it drift on by. So I find when I start to meditate, I often have a lot of mental chatter at the beginning. And sometimes that chatter is innocuous and it doesn't mean much of anything. And sometimes that chatter can really hurt. It can be all of those limiting beliefs and self-doubt that creeps up to keep me safe and small. Our minds are going to hit us with just about everything and anything it can come up with to keep us safe. But meditation helps us recognize when those thoughts come up. It allows us to see them for what they are. And then we can decide to let them move on by. We recognize that we don't have to attach to them and we don't have to believe them. I will certainly be talking more about meditation in future podcast episodes. But if this concept intrigues you, then you will want to check out my book, Act on Your Business, because I talk about creating space between the self and the thoughts in my book. So you can find that on Amazon or you can go to actonyourbusiness.com. But what's important to remember is that when we relate to our thoughts, when we create space, then all of a sudden we have more room to explore. And this is where our intuition can come through. So the practice of mindfulness helps create space for our intuition to play. There are some wonderful guided meditations out there that can help you directly access your intuition. One of my very favorites is a guided meditation that introduces you to your inner mentor. So I will imagine that my intuition is speaking to me through future me. So maybe me 20 years from now who has the wisdom and the knowledge and the experience of living my life. she is able to inform me about what I really want and how I want to move forward. She's the voice of my intuition. And so again, there's some excellent guided meditations out there about connecting with your inner mentor. In fact, there's a great one in Tara Moore's book called Playing Big. I highly recommend it. And then once you've done that, once you've met and identified your inner mentor, you can connect with them and then they can inform your decision-making process. All you have to do is ask them for guidance. So I've spent the last few minutes talking about having a conversation with your intuition. I am also going to suggest that you try having a conversation with your fear, because here's the thing, like I talked about before, fear is here for a reason. Fear serves us. It only wants to keep us safe. So when fear comes up, it has something to tell us. There is something our fear wants us to know. So wouldn't it be interesting to have a conversation with fear and ask it, okay, what do you want me to know? Because from that point, we can then decide whether or not it's a legitimate concern. So we can decide whether we want to take fear's point into consideration or whether we want to move on with our action anyway. So when my fear comes up, and believe me, it does, I pause, I notice it and I ask it, what do you want me to know? What do you want me to learn? And it's amazing what fear will share with me if I just open up and listen. Having a conversation with fear can be incredibly enlightening. Now, if you are trying some of these strategies and you're still feeling blocked, it's okay. I don't want you to feel like you have to go it alone because you don't. In fact, this is a great opportunity to partner with a coach that you trust, and they can help guide you through this process. It's something that I do with my clients, And it's also something I do with my own coach. But here's the thing. A good coach will not give you the answer to your question because that is not how coaching works. In coaching, we believe that the client is the expert in the client. So if a client comes with a question, we know that they already have everything they need within them to find the answer. The coach's job is simply to guide them through the process. And we do that by asking some questions, reflecting some observations, maybe making some connections. But really what we do is create the container in which the client can explore and find the answers for themselves. So if you are going to someone and they are telling you what to do, that's not coaching. A good coach will help you tap into your power so that you can create your own solutions. Okay, so we have talked about a lot today. We've talked about the decision-making spectrum of fear and intuition. I've shared with you some examples of what it looks like to make decisions on that spectrum. We've also talked about what it looks like when fear and intuition come up, not just when we're deciding what to do in our businesses, but also when we're deciding what not to do. And we talked about how confusing it can be if we get a stop sign or a hard no and how hard it can be sometimes to figure out whether that's the fear talking, or intuition. We also talked about the key to determining whether it's fear or intuition, and that is discernment. And I walked you through some specific strategies of how you can cultivate a stronger sense of discernment. And it really comes down to connecting more deeply with fear and with intuition from a physical place, from an emotional place, and from a spiritual place as well. And now that we've covered all of that, it is time for our make it work moment. The Make It Work Moment is brought to you by my book, Act on Your Business, Braving the Storms of Entrepreneurship and Creating Success Through Meaning, Mindset and Mindfulness. You can learn much more about Act on Your Business over at its website, actonyourbusiness.com, or you can head over to Amazon where it's available in both Kindle and paperback. So in the Make It Work Moment, I ask how you're going to take the key insights you've gained from today's podcast and apply them to your business because you all know I love developing insight. I love having an aha moment. But if we do not take that insight and actually apply it, then there's no point. I want you taking enlightened action in your business. And my hope is that you've had a few moments of enlightenment so far in this episode. So now let's talk about what it looks like to actually apply it in your life. When it comes to intuitive decision-making, I want you to think about this fear intuition spectrum. And the next time you're making a decision in your business or in your life, I challenge you to pause, check in with yourself and ask, where am I on the spectrum right now? And if you're not entirely sure where you are, that's okay, because that's where discernment comes in. And you can take one of the discernment strategies we talked about today and apply it, or you can create your own. So again, the next time you are faced with a decision, I want you to pause, check in with yourself and ask yourself where you are on the spectrum between fear and intuition. You can use a discernment practice to help you figure that out. And from there, you can decide whether that's the place from which you want to make this decision. And if you are too far on one side of the spectrum, you can then ask yourself, what do I need to do in order to feel more aligned? Then once you've had your make it work moment, I want to hear all about it. And you can do that over at the Work Your Inner Wisdom Facebook community. That is the place for spiritually minded entrepreneurs to connect with and learn from each other. So head on over to the episode five discussion thread and let me know your thoughts about today's episode and how you made it work. If you're not a member of the group, you can do so by going to facebook.com slash groups slash Work Your Inner Wisdom and answer just a few brief questions so that we can approve your membership and start connecting with you today.